What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Insights. Uh, in this episode, we are going back to our Empower You series, uh, our free health seminar series that you know talks about health topics that that we're passionate about. And uh, this one's on exercise. Uh, it was done live in our Johnson City office a few weeks back, and uh, Andy uh, talks about the importance of exercise and why it's so critical to your health or crucial to your health. And, you know, one of the interesting things um, I've gotten over the last couple of years uh, working with Dr. Rogers and now Andy and all these other uh, health and wellness experts um, is, you know, the idea that exercise is not a weight loss tool but it's one of the most important things you can do for your health. And, and that, that right there, that sentence is just so interesting to me. And Andy does a great job of explaining why it's so important to your health and, and kind of matching that with, you know, not really a weight loss tool. So anyways, you guys are going to get a ton out of this. Uh, I love this topic. Uh, we love this topic. Uh, so I'm going to let you get to the seminar. Uh, this is Andy in our Empower You seminar on exercise. Hi, we're live. Um, <laughs> welcome uh, to the Empower You series. Um, this is the fourth series in a series of seven where we basically, we're just hitting some really big buzzwords right now. The first week was nutrition, then we had hormones, uh, then we had some old therapy and lasers and skincare from Kelly, which I'm really pumped about last week. I felt like that was very informative and, uh, and I feel like a lot of people underutilize skincare. So if you have skincare questions, see Kelly and always look at the face of the person who's taking care of your face and and Kelly's and Kelly's got a good one so just make sure that if you want to do some skincare stuff go to her this week though is exercise and I know that I started off with nutrition I said that abs are made in the kitchen which is true we need to be watching what we're eating but if you don't hear anything else I say today you have to move. You have to move. You cannot go throughout life without moving. If you think about the car, whenever we talked about the car in the first week with nutrition, what you put in the tank is very important. But if you don't move your car, what does your car do? It dies. It sits in your garage and it doesn't work like it should. Dad has, I never understood this, but dad has this Shelby that he calls an investment and takes out of the car or takes out of the garage very infrequently. And I'm always like, why do you have a car you don't drive? Well, it's in pristine condition, but do you take that car out and you run the engine, right? Because what's gonna happen? The battery's gonna die, right? You have to run the car, you have to move. Your body is your engine. So if you don't hear anything else I say today, just know that we gotta move. So what I wanted to talk about today is just a little bit of overview of what exercise is, what it does, what systems it hits in your body, why we should do it, and then everybody always says, what's the type of exercise that's for me? Does walking count? Does going outside and doing jumping jacks count? What's, what's CrossFit? Oh, well, I don't exercise, so I should really be going on the other way and I should do CrossFit. Or uh, I heard that yoga is really good for you. So we're, I'm just going to hit some highlights of popular exercise routines, and then we're going to have some special guests today that are going to go more in depth, and they're way more knowledgeable about specific exercises than I am. So this will be a good one to tune in if you're tuning in on Facebook. Or for those here in the audience, thank you for coming today. All right.
Great. All right. Exercise overview. Why we exercise. So this is just my little thing. And I know that I'm very wordy, but I like doing bold. I like doing bold stuff. So moving requires your muscles to contract, which requires energy and oxygen to be delivered from your heart and lungs, resulting in heat loss in the form of calories. So notice that the big thing right here is that moving, you have to move to contract your muscles. It requires energy and you have weight loss in the form of heat and calories. So basically your heart pumps faster and harder. Your lungs breathe more to get new the nutrients out to your body. What does blood carry? What anybody, what does blood carry? Okay, nutrients, oxygen. What do you need? What does your brain need to live? Your brain needs glucose and also needs oxygen. If your heart doesn't pump, your heart's not gonna pump out where it needs to go. And how do you make your heart pump faster and harder and get stronger? What do you think, just show of hands, is your heart a muscle? It's a huge muscle. You have to work out your heart. So we'll go a little bit more into aerobic versus anaerobic exercise, but this is why we do it. Your muscles need more energy to move more so they can recruit and burn fat cells. It's a it's for function. So I just went back into the history of exercise because this is not new. It's been around forever. So pre 10,000 BC, so there was regular exercise in fitness games with hunting and gathering. I put this up there too because are we hunters and gatherers now? No, we're sitters. We sit, most of us have sedentary work styles, uh, which is part of just our modern culture. We're no longer going out hunting, gathering, picking crops, going and hunting the bison. So regular exercise is already part of natural, of natural life for these prehistoric, like these very, very prehistoric humans, but they also exercised on top of that. Hindu yoga, 3000-ish BC, and I'll have my resident expert yogi talk more about yoga, but uh, their exact origins are not known, but there's a philosophy that tried to envelop physical and spiritual balance that they found in animals. So they found this gracefulness in animals and this wholeness. Uh, so this, a lot of the moves are named after animals. If you'll notice a downward dog, a dolphin pose, they, they're mimicking animals animals. Uh, ancient Greek, think about the Olympics, there's a quote from there saying that exercise is for the body and music is for the soul. These are a lot of things that too we underutilize, I think, and that we kind of get prescription medicines for when really we can fix with a lot of natural things. Renaissance period, high-level thought leaders actually correlated intellect, the intellect, the smarter people were the ones that worked out more. So what it does and why we do it, I will not go over everything in here. This is a very comprehensive list. Note that it hits every system in your body. It hits your musculoskeletal system. That's your bones and your muscles. That's the easiest one to figure out. If you're going to do a bicep curl, it's going to do something to your bicep. Cardiovascular health, another easy one to figure out. Your heart pumps more and gets your heart faster and it gets it stronger. It's a muscle. Uh, your lymphatic system, which is what we're going to go over a little bit later and why we have this trampoline in the middle of the floor. Your lymphatic system, your lymphatic system is this fluid system that's all throughout your body. And if it stays stagnant, it removes toxins. It's your waste system. And if you think about, if you leave trash in the middle of the floor and you don't move it, it's just gonna stink, right? You don't take, you have to take the trash out. 
lymphatic system jumping up and down moves that system and helps release toxins and gets blood flowing and your fluids flowing. Your nervous system, it reduces muscle tension. If you notice with headaches, when you get really tense in your neck, it reduces that tension, but it also provides circulation to your brain. Releasing endorphins, the famous quote from Legally Blonde, I couldn't have killed him. She's, she exercises. Exercise releases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy, and happy people just don't kill their husband. That's kind of what it works on. There's a lot of research, too, stating that uh, exercise helps your sleep, too, which is really important. Uh, endocrine system, it balances hormones and contributes to homeostasis. Our bread and butter here is hormones. And what do we tell you whenever we replace testosterone? You've got to use that testosterone somehow. And the receptors are in your muscles. Digestive system, it improves bowels. Think about Think functionally, and this is also another yoga thing. If you think functionally, whenever you're getting in positional workouts, you're moving your body in a way that you're manipulating your system. There's stuff under the muscles. The, from here, this abdomen is chock full of stuff. It is packed tight. So the more you move, the more it helps things move along too. Uh, if you're in the hospital, uh, you just got done with surgery. The first thing, they want you to get up and move. They want you to help. It helps with valve movements and helps with the release of gas. Respiratory system, this is another one. You're opening up your chambers, these big bags sitting in your chest, expanding and pushing out. It's going to help strengthen those and get oxygen where it needs to go. So how to exercise. I will tell you right this, and I'll preface right now, moving is better than not moving. So don't, if you're stuck with what exercise should I do, at least do something. Dad told me the first, right before I started, he said the best thing you can do in a room is do something. And that came from granddad. Don't do nothing, do something. So how to exercise. Exercise to me really is the frequency, duration, and intensity. That just kind of breaks down what you're doing. It's the difference between an hour long run and a 20 minute Tabata high intensity workout. It's gonna work out different parts of your body uh, and it's gonna have different purposes. So quickly, cardio, what? It's aerobic exercise, so it requires oxygen. That's how you're doing, that's how you're burning that energy is with oxygen. It's aerobic. So these are including running, biking, swimming. Think of your kind of lower intensity sports, not lower impact, but lower intensity sports. Uh, pros and cons of this, there's brain health, there's improved sleep. The biggest one, it's cardio. So it's cardiovascular help. You have endurance. These are your endurance athletes. You're, it used to have a function to where you're running away from a predator and you're able to get away from that predator and keep a length and a distance from that predator. Or you are on one side of the river, a predator is about to get you, you swim across to the other side and you're away from that predator. So it has a function too, almost like a biological function. The cons, I think the most important thing that I get from this Overtraining, and, and my big thing is joint health. You can see too, and Ernie, our PT, is gonna come up and talk some too. I, you see with these really chronic runners that it really grinds on your joints. If you think about what takes a lot of the impact are your knees, and your knees will be the first things to go, especially with really big long distance runners. You have these shock absorbers, your meniscus that takes the shock. The more times you pound and hit with running on hard pavement, the more you're gonna wear those joints out. Your shock, we don't 
No, we replace our knees, but it's not routine maintenance like we do a car. So those are just going to get pounded over time. Uh, so I always tell people that, to be cognizant of it. The thing I really love about cardio, though, and the reason that I do it is for a cathartic release, which is almost just as important as your physical health. It's almost a mental place. Has anybody ever heard of a runner's high? You get in that zone and you feel good or you zone out to music. That shouldn't be undervalued. There is value to doing that. Um, they'll say that there's less muscle gain or fat loss. Um, I feel like this is due to um, uh, the, the, th the threshold you're going to hit when you have the higher intensities in the anaerobic workouts. You're going to hit a little bit more muscle than you are going to hit uh, a little bit less muscle and less fat than that. We'll go over a little bit that later. Yoga and Pilates. This is Ashley from Vita Hot Yoga. Um, this I I love Vita. I also love Real Hot Yoga in Johnson City. I'm a big hot yoga person. Um, what is it? It's a spiritual and physical di discipline utilizing breathing, exercise, meditation. Again, remember they're studying these animals and these poses, uh, and they're combining the two so that you're getting physical well-being as, as well as emotional well-being. There's also a sense of community in a lot of yoga practices. The alms kind of bring you together as one in unison. Uh, the pros, it, uh, you can see with Ashley's stance right here, there is a ton of strength that is involved. She's on two of her hands right now, balancing her entire body weight. There's flexibility in her arms, in her shoulders, uh, in her legs. Um, I like thinking of stability is core strength. I think core strength is really important as we age. If I would choose any exercise, if I was only allotted one exercise, yoga would be the one that I would choose because I think it lengthens your spine. It protects your spine at the same time. And the thing that we want to prevent as we get older, as we age, is falls. We don't want to fall. And, and yoga and Pilates are going to help a lot of this mid-core strength to help prevent the fall. Or if you do fall, to make the fall uh, less impactful. Total body collaboration, you hit every part of your body with this. This is not just upper body. It's not just lower body. And again, the mind-body-spirit connection, I think, is very important. Cons, there is a learning curve. Just going out and trying yoga is fine, but you'll get better with time. I remember when my mom started hot yoga. Good Lord. <laughs> She's holding the camera right now. But good Lord, this was an hour-long nap session in the corner with J-Raj. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But not really. And sometimes in the corner, you'd find J-Raj just hanging tight if there was a move that she didn't know how to do or didn't feel comfortable going fully into it. She wouldn't do it. Mom would not start off with this move right here. But now, after a year or two of doing yoga, actually... I went to a yoga session with mom last week and she can do a bird of paradise. I mean, she's gotten incredibly more flexible. Her, she has a family history of kyphosis. You'll notice that with my, my great grandmother, my grandmother on that side, there's a little bit of forwardness. Uh, my grandmother has helped improve that through yoga. Mom's tremendously improved her spinal length. If you think about as we 
as we, as we age two, we're putting a lot of pressure on our spine and we're just continually putting pressure. And as we put that pressure down, the spine becomes smaller. We lose some height as we age. Yoga helps restore that height. I can't speak highly enough about this. Another con though, loss of consciousness and low blood pressure, it is something you want to look at with doing a hot yoga practice. With the intense heat that is in the room, it has a tendency to lower your blood pressure. So you have to drink a ton of water prior to each session and during each session uh, and just take it easy whenever you're going from the floor upwards because with power hot yoga they're going to make you move weight training so this is opposing the force of gravity through weights by muscle contraction weight training i, I try to find it's the best definition i could find gravity we have to lift against gravity every day i'm lift i'm standing against gravity right now but we're doing that with added weights on top and the more weights we add on the more muscle recruitment we need and then the more tear and build in the muscle it's just kind of it utilizes anaerobic metabolism think of weight training as quick you're, there's eccentric, uh, there's isometric, uh, Ernie, I'm probably, our PT is gonna talk a little bit more about that. There's different ways to lift weights, uh, but think that you're not gonna lift one weight for an hour from start to finish. These are quick bursts. So it's using the anaerobic, it's not using oxygen to do this for metabolism. The pros of this, strength and size. Think weight training, think more muscle, but the most important thing as we age is bone health. When you don't, you don't wanna fall, do yoga and you don't wanna fall. And when you fall, you don't want your bones to break. And what's gonna help bone strength is weight training. The first thing they tell you when you get osteoporosis, weight resistance, weight bearing exercise. That's preventative and it's also gonna help, uh, help with your numbers, with your T-scores. Weight bingers, why is that? Your bones are constantly remodeling. There is an osteoclast and an osteoblast. So you're building and rebuilding. It's like, it's like a, you're going out to the house and you're just shaving out the, uh, the outsides of it and putting more plaster on, better plaster. It's a constant turnover. Weight training helps out with that turnover. So it's gonna make your bones stronger. Cons, it, you are prone to injury and it requires the proper technique. If you're going to, this little kid right here, if he throws that weight over the top of his head, he's going to not only crush his skull, but he is going to throw his joints out. So proper technique is important and not overdoing it. And this is something I do want Ernie to talk a little bit more about because there's safe ways to do it. And, and there are, there truly are right and wrong ways to lift weights. Uh, a lot of people want to put on more weight and it looks better in the gym when you have more weight, but the function of what they're doing is, is not correct and you're not hitting the muscles like you could be. So there is a little bit more bang for your buck with less weights and proper technique. And that takes somebody to actually tell you what to do with that. HIT training, I went to a, a conference a couple months ago, a functional medicine conference. And uh, if you go to one of these conferences, everybody looks immaculate and they're all 90 years old. I mean, they're like, oh yeah, I was born in 1890. And let me give you this, I swear they look amazing. So you're always asking them, oh, whatever this person says is what I'm gonna do because I wanna look like them. And they told me, so I asked a lot of questions at that conference because I feel like 
A, a lot of the times we're hitting things on the back end. I always like hitting things on the front end. Same thing with, with my passion with type 1 diabetes. I want to prevent it and not figure out ways how to get rid of it so that we can bring it for other people. So I always talk about what do we do for functional medicine with our younger patients so that when we're not having this conversation at 60 and 70, we can get them to 60 and 70 and just keep them going on. But we ask what's the best, if you had to say what's the best workout for everyone to do, and this is probably more opinion, but they told me that HIIT training and resistance training were the two things that you needed to do. Resistance training, meaning weight-bearing uh, weight bearing exercises, HIIT, high-intensity interval training. These are short bursts of high energy with quick rest. So you think about the 20-minute workout where you're 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off, or a minute and a half on, 30 seconds rest, and you continue to do it, and you go through stations. So you are really getting a total body workout with this, um, and, and you're getting a quick workout. You're getting, it's gonna be a 20-minute workout, but it's gonna feel like you got hit like a Mack truck. Very high intensity, so you're gonna get a lot of gains. Uh, the pros of this, it's a combination of cardio and strength. You'll notice in this picture that there's a lot of jumping, there's squatting, there's push-ups. Some Tabatas I've seen do involve weights as well. You can really just Google HIT training and they can give you a program or you can join gyms where they have a HIT class. Uh, it's a quick metabolic disturbance. This, you know, I had to read a little bit about this. They said that you can actually have improved insulin sensitivities with HIIT training, that it can actually throw your hormones and, and, and improve your hormonal responses better. Uh, and that's because they, they pose this because it's the quick and the intense workout. Intense, a note about intense, that means you're going as hard as you possibly can at full maximum. You're not just doing a push-up, you're doing as many push-ups as you can full length. This is not a slow workout. They say though that it helps with your, uh, helps burn fat quicker, it can burn fat up to 48 to 72 hours post-workout because of how you've hit it. Um, the cons though is that there is a higher risk for injury. Um, if you're going that quick, you may not be thinking about what your joints are doing and you may push past the threshold of pain uh, into injury. Uh, it's longer recovery periods between workouts. Some people need a couple days between them, so you may not be able to do a HIIT workout every day. Uh, lymphatics, does anybody remember this scene from The Nutty Professor when he was just so fun? I thought it was so funny and I never got why they actually had classes with this. I thought it was just to have fun. Uh, this is called rebounding as well. A lymphatic workout is called rebounding and is this, if you want to put that on the camera, is it's this small trampoline. Uh, and Dad, actually, if you want to jump while I'm talking about this, if you can give a little bit of a demo. So dad's been rebounding for the life and I swear I thought he was kidding whenever he started doing this. It's like you're not rebounding and he's been rebounding for 15 to 20 minutes a day is kind of where they see the maximal benefits is doing at least 15 minutes yeah, a day. I don't need a long period of time. When I first saw one of these I thought it was for sissies you know. But yeah. And I met Fran Wilson. Come here Fran. I want you, <laughs> you don't have to jump. I just want you to stand up here and for just one second. I got to introduce you. Okay. <laughs> I, I did not. This is Fran. She just got all dressed up for this and everything. This is, this is a PA that works with us. Wonderful, fit woman. You couldn't guess how old she is, but she's up there. Okay. Not, not as old as me, though, so she's young compared to me, but 
She told me about this a long time ago. How long have you been rebounding? 10 years. 10 years. So she kind of talked me into getting one. And because of the lymph flow, you know, it really stimulates that sewage system that we have called the lymphatics. And your lymphatics drain into your superior vena cava. So you've got to get moving and either a vibrating plate or a mini trampoline called a rebounder is the only two ways I know to really do that. Unless you got a person trained in lymphatic flow where they do massages all over you and do brushing. But this is a simple way to really get your lymph flow going. And I'll tell you, I've never felt so refreshed as for 10 or 15 minutes getting on this thing in the mornings. Now, here's what I want to do. Fran, I want her to step on this thing right here. And, it's, and I'm going to jump up and hit this side, and she's going to fly the ceiling, do a flip, and land back down this little triangle. I'm just kidding. But I will kind of demonstrate. Since she won't do it, I'll demonstrate kind of, kind of how you do it. Because it seems fun. Think about it. It's kind of fun. I just start out, you know, like I'm skiing. You know? Is that what you do, Frank? Yeah. You know, just kind of do this. I'm going to do a very short version. And then I'll do, I'll do some... Jumpy jacks, did you do those? I do. And then I'll, you know, spread my legs and then and I'll just run on like the knee high runs. Now, I will tell you, not, no, no matter how ridiculous you may look, you still may want to do this in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> do not put this near a window where people can see you, and do not put well, it on Facebook Live. Dad is loud, he's proud. I will do this like. Then I just do this. I'm already sweating. But it allows me, because I don't run anymore. It's really high. Yeah. Yeah, you go high. Fran, I mean, Fran will be up here, you know. But I'm kind of, I like to twist, and, and then I'll run on it, because I don't like to run on pavement anymore. This this doesn't even feel like running, but my heart rate's up. You can hear my short of breath a little bit, and I go faster. And, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, okay, if you'll notice, he did say this. It's very low stress on your joints. I cannot stress that enough. You don't, you, once you don't have your knees, you will miss them. So be kind to your joints and be kind to your knees. And this is one way of being very kind. It's very low impact. It does do strength. It does have cardio. But who jumps on a trampoline? Kids, right? Kids go out and jump on a trampoline. They're having fun. It's playful. I was listening to a podcast, um, uh, an Oprah Winfrey podcast, and she said that we do not put enough emphasis on play as we age. She says it's almost frowned upon that we're supposed to be working all the time, that we're supposed to be making money. We take care of our families. We leave very little time for actual play. This is a way to play. And you said you had fun doing this. Trampolines, I went on a trampoline all the time as a kid, but when you live in a house with medicine, you've seen a million things where trampolines go wrong, so you can never have one. So you have to, you have to sneak over to your friend's house to smoke a cig, I'm just kidding, <laughs> to jump on a trampoline and have fun. They're fun. So this is, I think the lymphatic workout is great because it's not only functional for your body and for waste removals, the stuff you can't really see, but you're also 
playful and having fun. The cons I've put on here is that there is risk of injury, and that is true with going over to a friend's house and jumping on the trampoline and trying to do a double backflip. You know those kids that hit their heads. You know those kids that messed up their necks. Being careful while you do this is very important, um, and it does require a trampoline. You have to get this actual trampoline, which comes at a cost, but they do have classes too. I just don't know which gyms off the top of my head have actual rebounding classes. But I, th I think it's awesome. Um, this is just a big picture of the other ones. Uh, there's spin classes, which is going to be aerobic. In the middle is a CrossFit class. CrossFit is very popular, and I want to talk just a minute about it because I have a, I have a love-hate. I did CrossFit when I lived in California and loved it. I loved it because it was a team atmosphere. They say the best things you can do, which will be on the next page, is to exercise with music and to exercise with a partner, with somebody else doing, doing the exercise with you. So I loved the group atmosphere of it. I loved that a coach came up with a plan for me that was full body. I didn't have to think about it. But the CrossFit classes are Olympic lifts. They're Olympic style lifts. They require training for them. So finding the right CrossFit class and the right trainer is the most important part if you're going to be in it. And also, also modifying some of the lifts. They'll have some people that are over there and they're kipping pull-ups where you pull back with your shoulders uh, as far as you can to push forward and get you up into a pull-up. It's a kip. It can put a lot of stress on your shoulders. There's a lot of injuries that come with it. So if you're gonna do CrossFit, do it smart and, and don't, don't be a hero when you're going out into it. Uh, I love rowing. Rowing's gonna be another aerobic exercise. A lot of people don't realize, but dance, the best shape I have ever been in is when I was in college and I did a dance company. I was the only guy that did the dance company, so I got to be in every dance. You're constantly lifting people. You're constantly moving. Zumba classes are great, and I would recommend, and they're also what they're, most people are having fun when they dance. It's playful. In the right top-hand corner is Orange Theory. I don't know if Johnson City has an Orange Theory. Orange Theory is pretty popular in other big kind of metropolitan cities. I've taken one Orange Theory class and was like going to to an EDM dance club. Not my style of workout, but a lot of people loved it. The theory behind Orange Theory is that you get your heart rate into a certain zone where you see most fat burn. So you try to get in the orange zone in order to burn the most and get the most benefit. Not, I, I don't think it's a bad way at all to do it. It's just, it, the one I went to had a lot of lights and a lot of EDM music. And if you're into that, fantastic, go for it. Uh, these are my general recommendations for, for exercise. Do something. Just at the beginning, like I said, do something. It, it, everybody thinks they don't have time for exercise, and we have a lot of patients that may truly struggle finding time. We have a lot of shift workers. We have a lot of night shift workers that coming off at 7 o'clock in the morning off a 12-hour shift at the hospital is going to be hard-pressed to find time to go do a CrossFit class. Uh, but doing something, if you think about the time that we spend on Netflix or the time that we spend on the internet Googling things, you there is 20 minutes a day. I will say that for Almost everybody, there's 20 minutes a day. Even if you have a dog and you have to walk the dog, run your dog, go throw a ball with your dog, do something, do a Tabata workout while you're with your dog. You have kids, get that kid up and do push-ups with the kid. Do something for 20 minutes a day. Higher intensity over a lower intensity for shape. You'll see a lot of people that just go out and just start running. They actually said on the weight training page, I meant to tell you that they recommend a lot of that for your obese, your uh, your 
larger patients because those larger patients actually tend to be stronger. So that's a great way to start is through weight training. You think, you know, if you're going to go run for an hour at very low intensity and impact, you're not burning as much and you're not being specific with shape. So I say higher intensity if you're looking for actual shape with lifting weights at least three times a week and rebounding 15 minutes per day for best results. That's, I'm, that's general. Again, number one is do something. Uh, be kind to your joints. You'll miss them when you're gone. So I, as we age, keep those joints healthy because it's going to be a very, it's going to be a barrier to exercise if you do not have knees anymore. It's going to be a barrier to exercise if your ankles and your feet hurt all the time. Uh, exercise with music and a partner, vary your routine and know your limits. So not, again, don't be a hero. Don't go out and just think that you're going to go ahead and squat like you did in high school. Uh, knowing your limits is actually going to get you further in the long run. I like varying your routine. My go-to is on the side. This is kind of how I shape my week. Uh, whether or not I hit all of this every, every week, it, it, it doesn't happen, but this is what I shoot for. I do hot yoga one to two times per week if I'm lucky, at least once um, on a Wednesday or Sunday. Um, I dance because I'm doing a show, so I have to dance and I have to start learning, teaching myself how to tap again. So, but I really enjoy dancing and doing dance classes. Um, I do weights, although my weights right now are, are much lower than what I would, would have done in high school or college. I still try to hit weights in this happy body uh, style. There's a happy body workout out there that I like doing. And I like running, though it's hard, hard on my joints. It's cathartic for me, and I put the risk benefit of the benefit of it being good for my mind and my mindset of being outdoors, because I enjoy being outdoors, uh, than not running. So I still do end up running. Um, and have fun and just move. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.